Well, what's going on, Heartland family? How we doing today? It's good to see each and every one of you. Before I do anything else, I want to look into the camera today and welcome all those that are watching online today. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome all of our extended family online. It's uh, great to have you here with us today, and uh, if this is your very first time, your new family, uh, we welcome you. There are a lot of great churches in DFW. I tell people all the time that there's probably 30 in this area that I could go to and love the pastors and and, uh, really, really plant myself in them. What's most important to me is that you find a place, uh, whether that's this place or any place, uh, that you're planted in the house of the Lord. Uh, Really important, and we hope that that happens in your life. A couple of quick things uh, for today. First of all, our daddy-daughter dance is February 20th. A lot of you dads have already been signing up for this, so kudos to you uh, for being on top of it. You're killing it. And then uh, our Connect Leaders training. Again, we're getting ready for our small group semester. So if you're interested in helping us lead a group this semester and to open up your home or to meet to, to ride bikes or to go play golf or whatever it is that you want to do with a group of people, uh, make sure today following the 1130 a.m. service in our fourth and fifth grade classroom, you check out that. And then they also have a Zoom training tomorrow night uh, that you can check out as well. The heartlandchurch.com forward slash groups is where you'll get all the information uh, regarding that. All right, today is Anointing Sunday, everybody, and it's going to be a great Sunday. And for those of you who have no idea what that even means, uh, I'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but we've been praying these specific four things over your life over the last 21 days of prayer. And uh, we've been talking about provision for your children and direction for your future and protection over your life. And today we're going to talk about visitation uh, in your spirit. Um, And we're going to do this real briefly today. Uh, But I want to talk about this dynamic because it's such an important dynamic in your life. And uh, if you missed last week, I talked about protection over my life. uh, And there's a lot of feedback on that message. Uh, I hope that it helps you uh, in your life on some level. But today, visitation uh, in your spirit. Most people, if we're honest, they, they have a casual relationship with God. Their relationship ends or really ends when a service ends. It's like, you know, I go to church an hour a week, uh, but, but my relationship sort of ends there. To be honest, I think sometimes it's because some people are, are lazy in their relationship with God. But I think for other people, the truth is, I, I think that they're confused. They, they would say things like, well, Dusty, I don't know how. You know, I don't know how to have a deep and meaningful relationship with God. You know, I, I've tried to pray, I've tried to read, I, I've tried to do some of the things that you've said to do, but for whatever reason in those times, I just, I don't feel it. Like, I don't feel like, oh, I don't feel like I connect. I feel, God feels far and distant. He feels far away from me. Their relationship with God is, is as deep as their cognitive mind can comprehend And your relationship with God ends with you being able to sort of reason with him in your mind. There's a verse in scripture that I want to read today that's going to kind of set up this entire short teaching before we spend some time in prayer today. It's in John 4. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the, come on, everybody say these two words real loud with me today. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. A couple things 
about this verse. First, notice the mention of that phrase, true worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers, which if there's such a thing as a true worshiper, then that means that the opposite of that can exist too. That there can be false worshipers. There can be people that are doing it for, for all of the wrong reasons, who aren't worshiping with the right intention. And then notice the second thing, that the way that they worship is in, is in uh, the spirit, is in spirit and in truth. That word spirit is the word pneuma there. That word means breath. It's the same word where we get our word pneumonia because it's about a breathing problem. So they worship in breath. They worship with energy. They worship with passion. (laughs) They worship with energy. Like we're alive in church. We're not a dead church. Come on. Some of you may have been raised, raised in the church of the frozen chosen, but... We're a church that's alive. And then notice these these kind of worshipers are the ones that God is looking for. It it really is saying that he's looking for them. He's he's seeking them. He's, He's seeking worshipers that will worship like this. Know this, not only are you seeking, but you need to know that God is seeking too. He is looking for true worshipers. In fact, look at this verse in 2 Chronicles. It says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those hearts who are fully committed to him. He's looking, everybody. God is attracted to certain things, and he's looking for those peoples whose heart is to be a worshiper. And so this is my entire message this morning. If I could just dwindle it down to one sentence, if you're confused with God right now, If you're searching for God, if you don't know where he is in your life right now, if you can't find God, worship him and he'll find you. He'll find you. And if you want to experience a divine visitation from God this morning in your life, then you have to stop and you have to worship him fully with everything that you have. Hebrews 11 says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he existed And that he rewards those who, come on everybody with me today, who earnestly seek him. Anyone who comes to him, that you have to believe that he exists, but that this isn't just a story. This isn't something we do ritualistically. That he's alive, everybody. And that he's working this morning. And that he's rewarding those who are seeking after him. But but also, he's, he's after those. It's those who are hungry for his presence in their lives. That they're not just content. They're not just content with the Sunday experience. They're not just content with just coming into church, staying for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes, headed out the door. What I'm trying to get you to see and understand this morning is to get you hungry in your chase after him. Listen to me today. Don't let the current climate cause you to have a weak chase. I know that it's, it's grim and it's been bleak and I know that there's a lot of apathy about a lot of things in our world, but don't let anybody say about us that when we came into God's house, we were apathetic and chasing after him. Don't let anybody say about you when you walk out the doors and you're living your daily life. Let them say, I'm hungry for the presence of God. What most people do is, is they try God. I'll try it. I'll try a Sunday, I'll try 21 days of prayer, I'll try the growth track, 
but their relationship ends with a try. It's, they don't experience a divine visitation because they have a casual relationship trying God. And at some point in your life, you, you have to jump in and you have to seek him. And those who do experience him powerfully and his presence comes into their life. In fact, the, the word that Jesus used <clears throat> when he said that he was looking for, for true worshipers, people who worship him in spirit and in truth, that word worship is the word proskuneo in the Greek. That word, if you study it in the Greek, literally means because we don't have the number of words that they have. There's four times the Greek words that there are English words, okay? So if you study this word in the Greek, it literally means to kiss. He's looking for people who will kiss in spirit and in truth. Now, that's not the image of lovers, okay? The image here is, I want you to think about this, it's like a dog licking or kissing a master's hand. That's the image. Let me, let me just get a quick show of hands. How many dog people are in the room today? So quite a few dog people. How many cat people in the room? A uh, couple of you cat people. How many, uh, my favorite group, the no animal people, uh, where are you at in the room today? You are saved and loved by God. Uh, but, I'm kidding, and I'm gonna get a lecture after church for that one. Dog people love dogs. They love the affirmation of a dog because anybody who's ever known or had a dog before knows that feeling of walking in the door and that dog, what does that dog do whenever you walk in the door? It's, <laughs> and he is all up on you, isn't he? I mean, that dog is, first thing it does, starts running around your house and going insane. It's like, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. And they're so thankful that you're here. My dog will jump up on the top of the sofa so that he can be chest level with us. And he will just get all in your face. It's like, I've been gone 15 minutes. I just had to run a quick errand. I know, but you're here. It's gonna end up on social media this week, that picture. But I want you to know, that's the image for worship. That the Father is looking for people who go, Daddy, you're, I love you, Jesus. That's the image that people would go crazy whenever they walk into his house. But some of y'all, I'm telling you, it's like, Who will mock the Lord, strong in battle? You wouldn't like that kind of love from a dog if it came into your house. That's, that's not a dog. That's a cat, everybody. You come home to a cat, it's like, you want me to come to you? I ain't moving. Make me love you. That's why cat people are more secure, because uh, they don't need the affection of their cats. <laughs> that was for all the cat people to make them feel better. Let, let, me, let me just tell you today, when you want God to move, come into his house, 
with a heart that says, God, I'll move. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He, he's attracted to passionate worship, everybody. I said he's attracted to passionate worship, everybody. That, that's why we have to earnestly seek him. That if you'll seek him with your whole heart, with all of your breath, with all of your being, with every part of you, you'll experience him in a way that you never have before. I, I'm trying to get you to see that, that serving God is like this amazing experience, and you'll experience his divine visitation. I want to give you a couple of quick examples of this kind of lifestyle in Scripture, and, and then we're going to pray. The story I'm about to read with you in the Bible is about a man named King Jehoshaphat, and I, just, I usually just say King J because uh, it's hard to pronounce, but he was a king in Judah, and uh, he was the king of Judah, and he was, he was very discouraged at this particular time. He was saying things like God's nowhere to be found, you know, there's no God encounters. And at that time, he was surrounded by an army that was, was pressing down on them that was going to conquer them. And, and he was intimidated. He was afraid. He was scared. He, he was worried. He was kind of feeling like a lot of us feel in this current climate of our world right now. And, and, and he just says this in First uh, Chronicles uh, 20. He says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jehiel, the son of uh, Madaniah, a Levite and a descendant of Asaph. Now I want you to notice the spirit of the Lord. Does it say that it came upon King Jehoshaphat? No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that because King Jehoshaphat was discouraged. Came to a man named Jehaziel. Now Jehaziel, if you read this and if you understand this, Jehaziel was a Levite. Uh, he was a Levite. What are the Levites? The Levites were the worshipers. This is a, a member of the praise team. Asaph, uh, he was a descendant of Asaph. Asaph wrote some of your Psalms, if, if you look in your Bible. He was one of the chief musicians of King David. He was a worshiper. And, and the scripture says that as he stood in the assembly, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Where does he get this kind of faith from? He's, he's looking at the same army that King Jay is looking at, but he has a different kind of perspective because he has decided to be a worshiper, everybody. The worship comes out of him. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat, now he's got the vision, stands up and says, listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Notice that different attitude. The spirit of a worshiper has rubbed off on him a little bit. He's, he's got his faith back. Have faith in his prophets, and you'll be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat, appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. So don't miss this, everybody. He takes the worship leaders and he puts them ahead of everybody else. He puts the worshipers at the very front of the fight. Does that sound smart? This is hilarious to me. Imagine this, you know, on one side, this other side's got like, got their toughest guys, you know, they've got giant spears in their hands and their swords, and they're ready. And on the other side is Devin. It's just a row of guys in their skinny jeans, you know. 
Come on, the battle's the Lord's. With his lettuce hair. He puts the worshipers out at the front and they don't fight their battles with bows and bullets. They use worship. Look at what the scripture says, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And the Bible says that they were defeated. Your worship is powerful. You want a divine visitation to happen in your life in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through? Become a worshiper, everybody. And whenever you do, he'll not only show up in your life, he'll defeat the enemies that you're facing in your life too. And he'll get the glory for it. Let me give you one more story and then I'm gonna wrap this thing up so that we can pray before. Let me set this up. King David has left home to fight in this battle. And while he's out, the, the, part of the enemy goes around them as they're out fighting, goes into their homes undefended and undetected because they are out fighting this battle and they burn down the city and they kidnap all of their families. And, and three days later when the men get home and they show up to the scene where everything is destroyed, if you can imagine like out in the distance is just this pillar of smoke rising from the place that you call home and you're rushing home and look at what the scripture says in, in, in 1 Samuel 30. It says three days later when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, and they had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. It says they had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. And David, when David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their family, please don't miss this, they wept until they could weep no more. You ever had a day like that? A day where you wept till you could weep no more? Thought about this as I read this verse. I thought about two of the worst days of my life. The day that my wife declared that she was divorcing me, read me a letter. It was just over 14 years ago. The second was the day my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And I won't forget it as long as I live. I'd just come home from Reveal Conference. He'd said, Conference had just ended. In fact, that Sunday, we had had one of the best conferences we ever had. Uh, Reveal was growing and booming, and we'd never experienced anything like it. And that Sunday, Pastor Dan, my dad said, I come over to my house. I went over to my, his house. Never forget this. He was laying in his bed. He said, Dusty, you did amazing today. I said, thanks, Dad. It was so awesome. He said, Dusty, I have to tell you something. I have cancer. And I want to promise you this. You've either had days like King David or you're going to have days like King David. As a pastor, I've sat with families on days like this. Horrific days. Days where you feel like you can weep no more. And when those days come, let, let, let me tell you something. Don't try to think through it. Don't try to reason through it. Let me tell you what to do in those moments. Let me pastor you for just a second. That when life happens like that and you feel like you can, do, you can do nothing, just go over and turn on some worship music. Get a playlist 
Sometimes I like a playlist where they don't even have any words. So I can just, I can just sit in God's presence and not even be tempted to necessarily even sing. And just sit in that moment. Just sit in it and listen to those songs. And just begin in your own way, however, whatever strength you can. Sometimes I have enough strength to just say, thank you, Jesus. Other times I just have enough strength to sit in God's presence and let my spirit say, thank you, Jesus. Because my spirit will make utterances whenever I don't have the words or know what to say. This verse it says, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, but they began talking of stoning him. So now the men are revolting. This is our natural inclination whenever things go south. But David, come on everybody, but David found strength in the Lord his God. And then he said to Abithar, the priest, bring me the ephod. The ephod was a symbol of worship in the Old Testament. That any time... You wanted to worship. David would go over and he would put on the robe of the ephod. See, I'm I'm trying to teach you today. Because what David did when things were the worst is he put on, bring me the ephod, bring me my worship robe. I've got to get in the presence of God. When things seem bleak, when they're at their worst. it's It's like hide and seek when you're growing up and you play it. There's so much fun as, as being the kid and going and hiding. But the real joy in hide and seek is, is the finding, isn't it? It's that moment everything builds and culminates to that moment where you say, ah, and you find them and there's screaming and there's joy. See, the joy isn't just in the seeking. The joy is in the finding. And let me just tell you today, you cannot be a casual, or you can, I guess, be a casual participator but you won't find God doing that. Where you'll really find him is when you really seek him. And he'll show you his presence in a way that you could not have imagined. Look at this verse in Jeremiah. It's one of my favorite verses in scripture. You will seek me and find me. When, come on everybody, when you seek me with all of your heart. The opposite of this is you won't find me whenever you give no effort in the search of finding me. In fact, I love the way that the message says this same verse. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else. With every ounce of me, I'm just trying to encourage you today. Go fully in after God. And seek him with your whole heart. You you can do the halfway thing. If you want, but I just, I'm here to tell you today, you won't like it. It's boring. It's not fun. And God doesn't like it either. Some people often say, well, Dusty, how do I know how to worship God with all of me? What, how do I do it? Well, let me just teach you this really quickly. In Mark 12, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a, a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And this is what he said. The most important one, Jesus said, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is why I'm so fervent about this, what I'm teaching you today. Because if if I can teach you anything, in fact, anything in the whole year, i got to teach you this one. 
It's the most important one, to love him with all of your heart. Notice, look at this, that all of your heart, if I'm gonna love him with all of my heart and with all of my soul, what is that? Well, I worship God by expressing my affection to God. That's what it means to worship him with your whole heart and with all your soul. God's like anybody else. If I tell Kendra, my wife, I love you, but I'm not buying you anything, and I'm not taking you to dinner, and I'm not giving you any affection, and I'm not giving you any time, and I'm not really going to say it, I can tell her I love you, but come on, she's not going to believe it. But if I love her, I show her. I demonstrate it. She will become convinced because that love is being expressed. So express it to him. Show him your love. Did you guys see, I know the Cowboys lost uh, a couple weeks ago. Did you guys see the video of the Cowboys fans running in to AT&T Stadium before that game started? It was all those fans wanting those uh, standing room only seats. I'm going to tell you, I saw love demonstrated that day. Bunch of crazy people. We see it on Sundays at noon in Arlington. We see it every Sunday. I'm, but I'm here to tell you today that we don't see it enough from the people that God has saved. I, I, I love sports. No one loves sports like I love sports. But, but I'm looking for a day where people are leaving God's house hoarse because they sang their guts out. I love you, God. With all of my affection, then, then I love him with all of my mind. What is it to seek him with all of my mind? I worship God by focus my attention on God. That's what we've been doing the last 21 days. I've, I've been trying to get you to start and give God your attention. Seeking God, making him the focus. Now today the fast ends, the 21 day ends. But your focus and your love for Jesus on a daily basis doesn't have to stop, everybody. When you wake up in the morning, make your first words, good morning, Lord. Good morning. Oh, this is going to be a great day. I love you. My affections are on you first. Before you focus on anything else. And then all of your strength. How do I love God with all of my strength? I worship with all of my strength by using my abilities for God. I'm, I'm actually worshiping right now by preaching. I'm using the gift that God has given me. Th that cameraman right now who's running that camera, he's worshiping God right in this second. Those workers who are over in those kids' classrooms, they're worshiping God today. Our usher team here in just a second, as they start to direct you, they're gonna start worshiping God this morning. Somebody got up this morning and they moved cones outside and they set them up and the whole time they were doing it, they were worshiping God. They were using their abilities. All of our dream teamers, over 400 of you that served this year on our dream team. Come on, let's give a hand to our dream team and thank God for all of our dream teamers today. When you go into that classroom and you teach, at that school, teachers, administrators, you're worshiping God. You're, you're using your abilities with all of your strength. With all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with all of my mind. I mentioned David earlier. What I love about David the most is that David was a worshiper. And he worshiped, the Bible teaches us, with his whole heart. And because of that worship in the small places of his life, when he worshiped God 
on the hill and with a bunch of sheep, God blessed him. And one day, God sent a man by the name, or he sent a man that I'm going to show you here in Scripture in just a second, because of the kingly anointing that was on his life that he didn't know was on his life. See, at the time, Saul was the king. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel, I'm in 1 Samuel, that he sent this man named Samuel. And it says that he took the horn of the oil and he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David's life. See, when you worship God, he'll anoint you and he'll take you to places that you never thought you'd go. This time of anointing that we're about to participate in this morning, this, this time is an act of worship before God. It's a time of us saying, God, I, I want you to open my eyes to all that my heart can give you. Open my eyes to all that I have that's in front of me. Some of you have never done anything like this before. You've never had someone anoint you with oil. I've actually got some oil today. We're going to do this here in just a moment. I want you to know that there's nothing special about this oil here today. Some people like to get oil straight from Israel, you know. I want you to know there's nothing magical about that. It's nothing, you know, oh, it's from Israel. It must be better. It must have some magical powers. It doesn't. All it is is just representative. This oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So when we anoint you with oil, it goes all the way back to the book of Exodus where they took the blood and they spread it across the doorposts and that angel moved over them, passed over them. Since that time, people have been using the oil to anoint, representative of the Holy Spirit. And as we close 21 days of prayer today, we're praying that God would open your eyes. We've been praying it for 21 days. I told you, when we seek after him, we often see breakthrough in the third week. Some of you have even called me and told me this week, I've seen breakthrough in my life, something I was praying for. But we're praying these four things in case you didn't know, or this is your first week with us, this is what we've been praying. We've been praying provision over your children, over your family. We've been praying, God, open my eyes to direction for my future. God, open my eyes to protection over my life. God, open my eyes to a visitation. You want to you visit me in my spirit. Lord, I want to have more moments where I sense and I know that you're close and that you're near. I want to say this, that as we do this today, don't come with an unbelieving heart. Come to God believing that he's going to do a work in all of these areas. Come with an open heart that says, God, thank you for your protection. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your visitation in my life. But before we do that, we're going to do communion together. So here's what we're going to do. Our ushers are going to pass the communion elements to all of you up top. It's hard to put them uh, under your seats. Those of you that are down here, you already have the elements. Uh, they're under your seat there if you didn't get them already. So go ahead and grab them. Our ushers are helping us right now, passing out those communion elements. In fact, why don't we just go ahead and stand together today. Kendra, I want you to come with me. Why do we do this? We're going to do this because... Well, it's an act of worship. But I think before we do anything like we're doing, you know, hey, last 21 days, we've really sought after God. 
But now in this time, we're just gonna, we're gonna seal this moment. And while they're continuing to pass out these elements, before I take communion, I always like to repent, okay? I think it's an act. And by the way, we do an open communion here. Anybody can participate. But I'd say that when you take communion, you do it seriously and you do it repentantly. And so let's just start right there. And those of you that are getting the communion, just go ahead and begin to open it up as you're doing it while I'm praying. Father, we come to you with repentant hearts today. Come on, let him know any sin that's in me, Lord. Today, I give it to you. I I repent of it. I ask that you wash me this morning. Cleanse my heart. Make me pure as snow, Lord Jesus. Sorry, God, for the things that I've done. Thank you for loving me in spite of those things. Come on, tell him today, in your own way, with your own words, with your own mouth. I repent, God. I want you to take that which represents his body today. You're opening those communion elements up. The Bible tells us that at that Passover, he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave thanks for it. And he said, this represents my body that's going to be broken and be bruised for you. How many of you are thankful for the body of Jesus that covers a multitude of your wrongdoings? He, he was broken so that you don't have to stay broken, everybody. That you can be made whole because of Jesus. Father, thank you today for the body of Jesus. We love you for it. Now take that, which represents the body. Then the scripture says that he took the wine. And he said, this wine represents my blood, which has been shed for you. Which in just a little while will literally be poured out for you. Every transgression, every sin, everything that you wish you wouldn't have done, every past failure, everything that you sometimes carry on the weight of your shoulders. No, if you're carrying it, you don't have to because Jesus' blood was poured out for it. Would you let him know today? Would you just thank him for his blood today? Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed for me. I'm so thankful. I have so much to be grateful to you for. And I love you. In Jesus' name. Now take that which represents the blood today. We get our hearts aligned with you today, God. Now, I want our prayer team, all of our team that's going to be praying, I want you to go ahead and get in your spots today. I want to explain what's about to happen, okay? Those who want this, and I, and I, I say that because if you don't want this, you don't, nobody's making you do anything, okay? So if you, if you don't want this, please don't feel any pressure at all about this today. But those who want this, you're going to come here in just a moment and you're going to be anointed and a member of our prayer team today, our staff, our elders, our prayer team, they're going to be wearing masks. They're going to be respectful of you. We understand kind of the time we're living in. 
And by the way, if you want this and you're just not comfortable for whatever reason being close, and I know there's a few people, they sit, try to kind of distance themselves from others. I know that's tough. We do have drive-through prayer taking place today. So even those of you that are online or you live close or you want to come even the next service, just go to the tent outside today. They'll direct you. And our prayer team will be out there. And in your car, you can just receive it right there. We'll just lay hands on your car uh, and pray for you that way, okay? Whoever you are. Listen, our our heart's just to pray for people and just to bless and love people today, okay? So I have empowered these leaders and these elders here today. They're going to anoint you. Know know this. It doesn't matter who it is. It's it's representing your church, Uh, And these are all men and women that we trust and that we believe in and know that God's given them this gift. And so, you know, some people are weird about that. Oh, I want this specific person to pray. Pastor Dustin, I want you because there's magic, you know, and you, there's not, it's not. It's the same thing, all right? So they're going to take time and anoint you. Let me give you some instruction. We're going to start from the back of every section. Here on the floor, we'll start from the back. You'll exit to your right. And then you'll circle back to your left, okay? So I'm doing it from your perspective. Those of you in the stadium seating today, the ushers will be dismissing you. There are going to be people that are at the bottom there. So you don't have to come all the way down here. You'll just come uh, right there short of you. uh, Or there short right by the stairs, okay? Use the right, your right, when you're coming down. The left, whenever you're going up, all right? Uh, And... Obviously, those in your car, we want to pray for you as well. Come as families, spouses together, children together if you want that. And we will anoint you. We'll just spend a moment and we're just going to pray these simple things over you. I'm of the opinion, you know, every person should believe and know that they have the prayer and the blessing of their church family. Like that, we stand with you, that we're for you. And we've, we've 21 days, we've sought God. Now we're finishing this moment, and now we're saying, Lord, after all this, now go with us for our year. And maybe there's something specific. You want the prayer team, as you are, they're anointing you something. You just want to add, just whisper it to them, tell them what it is, and they'd be happy to pray and speak that over you today, okay? This is going to take us probably about 15 minutes. Our prayer team is going to be singing and, and playing and I would just, you know, my advice to you is just take this time to worship. But if you want to be dismissed after somebody prays for you, you will and can be. We're not doing a formal dismissal. We're not receiving or passing an offering this morning. If you want to give, you can give online. There are also buckets. I'm sorry, there are boxes that are located in the hallways as you're exiting out today. Kendra, I just want you to just pray over this time real quick. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit over the next few moments to be with us. Oh, Lord, we just come to you, Lord. We come to you so humble, and we're just so thankful for your presence. God, we are not worthy of your love, and yet every day you extend it to us. Every day you are reaching out for us, and every day you just want to pull us closer into you. And so, God, I just pray right now over every single person that's here, everyone that's watching, and everyone that's in the car line, that, Lord, as they come through and as we work through you as your hands, God, to pray for them, that, Lord, they would feel your presence, that they would feel your comfort, they would feel your joy and your peace, God, that they would feel your strength. And whatever fear it is that they've been dealing with, that that would just go away, and that they would have your peace in their mind, God, that their families be stronger together, that the 
the, the miracles and the promises that they've been waiting on, God. Lord, that you would just remind them, I've got you. I am for you. I am with you, and you're not in this journey alone, and my word will come to pass. Those are the things that we're looking for this morning. And so we just surrender everything to you. We give you our pride, our arrogance, our failures, God, our imperfections. We give you everything, and we say, come and have your way and move on us, Lord, only the way that you can because we're making the room for you to do it, Jesus. And we love you so much. Purify our hearts and minds. In your holy name, amen. Amen. All right, let's begin. Come on, team, let's play.